Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out out, you found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are sponsors of the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at Draper underscore tools. In this episode, I chatted with Anna, the urban worm all about worm farming. We covered the reasons why you should worm farm and all of the basics so you can get started right away making an amazing fertiliser for your gardens for free. Anna has an absolutely amazing journey and I've loved being a part of the Thousand Worm Farmers project, so it's brilliant to get to chat a little bit more about this for the podcast. Enjoy! Hi Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm super excited to chat about worms. Um, I'm absolutely loving life as a worm farm mum. Uh, I'm only Perfect. like a week or so in, but um, I've just found it really fascinating. And even the initial like DIY project, I just love anything that's quite quick and easy to pull together and you get quite quick results from it. So yep, yeah, it's cheap. Can't wait. It's cheap and easy to do. Definitely. So if we just start right back at the beginning, how did you get into worm farming to begin with? Oh, okay. Um, well, I started um, my career as a photojournalist. I actually wanted to be a journalist. Oh, really? Um, yes. So, um, but I was very interested in ecology and I spent a lot of time at uni um, visiting intentional communities. Mm-hmm. So low impact um, communities. Um, so I got into, yeah, ecology and the environment through that. And then actually I wrote my dissertation on truth and decided that that wasn't the career that I wanted to take Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because yeah, the, uh, yeah. So that's another story. But when I graduated, I actually took an internship um, in Nepal with the Kathmandu Post. Oh, wow. Um, And I left the Kathmandu Post because it was boring. I wasn't learning anything. And I went to um, volunteer with an organization called Practical Action. Don't know if you've heard of them. So Mm -hmm. Um, they uh, they use appropriate technology to alleviate people out of poverty. So I travelled with the organisation, visited lots of visited lots of projects. So I realised I wanted to go into development. Um, so I came back, uh, had to retrain. So then I studied human security, and environmental change, and then I learned about the food system and the soil. And it started from there really. So when I graduated, I set up uh, the Urban Worm. So there was an economic crash and there was wasn't really uh, many opportunities in my city so I had to create one for myself so I was really fortunate I had um, I applied for women in social environmental enterprise which is a um, business support group support project and from then it's just grown and I've just had support and applied lots of projects but it came from um, food justice really and the soil and understanding um, what a dire situation our food system was in. So it's about food sovereignty and justice and the impact of agrochemicals on the soil. And worm farming was something I learned about during my course. And um, so here I am. So seven, eight years later, I've been doing this. What an incredible journey. I was not yes. expecting you to yeah. have that. Yeah that kind of path towards it but that's amazing and it's something mm-hmm. that I've actually talked about in quite a few other podcasts it still blows my mind that everyone talks about 
so many climate issues, but no one really talks about the soil. Mm -hmm. I was watching a program the other day where it's the first time I've seen anyone on the TV talk about the like the issues we have with our soil, and I was yeah. just shocked that it's taken so long for anyone to kind of like yeah. recognize the problem and start Absolutely. a conversation about it. And the soil is a carbon sponge, so if we look after our soil we can solve these problems it's very it's very simple it's very mm -hmm. simple i mean according to dr elaine ingham we can um we can solve these problems within 10 to 15 years if we look after our soil wow that is not a long time is it <laughs> no not at all and it can easily be done um mm -hmm. but there's a you know there's a lot of investment in um agro agro industrial farming in that industry so it's a it's a tough one but there are solutions and it can mm -hmm. be done and just by as individuals, we can, you know, we can do our bit. So that's what the open worm is about, really, is empowering people to do something on a on a small scale. Because the world can be overwhelming and all these problems, but nobody knows what to do. Um, but this is something we can all do. Definitely. That's what I was just about to say. And it's really empowering that there is something that we mm -hmm. can do, even in our little spaces when we've got a balcony or a, an allotment. Absolutely. Like whatever space you Absolutely. have, you can implement those things into your little space and it still makes Absolutely. a difference. And soil is life, and we're losing our soil at an incredible rate. I think since eighteen since eighteen fifties, we've lost eighty three percent nutrients in our soil. Wow, that's so scary. The food that we're eating, even if people are thinking, you know, you're eating all your fruit and vegetables, um, we're not getting the nutrient density in our in our food. So we need to improve the soil. We need is the the soil that we're growing our food in is where we get our nutrients from. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about what the worms do for the soil. Uh, like for anyone who has seen never heard about worms and the, what worms. worms do for the soil before well um worms were, well worm manure worm poo is the finest fertilizer in the world so um worm poo <laughs> contains all 40 nutrients that plants need to thrive um it retains 50 percent moisture um it can um also contains chitinase which is a natural insect repellent so when we have this in our soil, obviously, we're always more resilient to extreme weather conditions as well, where there's drought or heavy rainfall. Um, if, we've got, if we've got worm manure and worms in the soil, we're doing all right. It's going to help. Definitely. And there's different types of worms, aren't there? So you've got the earthworms yes. that are the kind of ones that you would find in your garden. Yes. So um, deep, we don't, in worm farming, um, we use um, surface dwelling worms. We don't, don't never put garden worms in your worm farm because they're deep burrowing, so they're not comfortable. Um, so we use sur surface dwelling worms and they thrive in fresh rotting waste. So the red worms that you find in your compost bin, they're composting worms. Uh -huh. So just something to note, please don't put garden worms in your, in your worm <laughs> farm. Um, but if people do want to get their worm farm started uh, and they yes. don't, they're not going to take the earthworms out of their mm -hmm. garden. You have set up an amazing campaign called A Thousand Worm Farmers. Yes. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Yes. So we had some funding from the National Lottery um, Reaching Communities Fund to gift a thousand packs of 100 grams of worms to anyone that applies. So households, um, or charitable organisations, businesses, anyone, anyone can apply. So all you have to do is make a worm farm. Um, send us the photograph and we'll send you worms in the post and we've made videos there's videos on the website how to make a worm farm and then throughout the project we're going to upload new ones how to harvest your worms and your worm manure and then how best to use that in in your garden as well 
And the videos are absolutely brilliant as well, because it's all things that you could literally look around your house and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got one of those that has been in the cupboard for years. Or my, absolutely. I got like, I think they're like mayonnaise containers from mm-hmm. um, my sister works for like a cafe restaurant. And so I was like, I know that you you must go through hundreds of these tubs. Like I'll have as many of them as yeah. you're giving away. That's it. You've just re- recycled up cycle materials. You don't need, you don't need anything fancy. And a lot of worm farms are quite expensive. So, um, so if it's a the urban worm, um, is to provide a, affordable solutions for people. Anyone can do it. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, when you from sort of like when you start off your worm farm, what's mm-hmm. the kind of time frame between you setting up your worm farm and starting to harvest some of the? So it's about four four months, three or four months, you should be able to get something. But obviously, weather depending because it's colder. Obviously, it's if we need to keep our worms. Ideally, they want to be at 10, 30 to 10, 30 degrees. So if you can keep them under cover or if you're comfortable keeping them in your house, I have a lot of worm farms in my house. Um, uh, that's going to speed up speed up the process. Actually, the worms are actually they're not eating your food waste; they're eating the microorganisms that are breaking your food waste down. Ah. So they're eating the bacteria, the fungi, protozoa, nematodes. That's all food for the worms. Oh, interesting. And when it's colder, that's being, um, well, it's being preserved outside. So, yeah, warmer is better. Oh, interesting. And you said that you have them in your house. And I don't know where I've got this idea from. I think that maybe someone on Instagram has done it. But their worms started escaping. Is that something Mm -hmm. that can happen? (laughs) So um, if you're so if they've if you've just got a new worm farm, your worms have just arrived, they might be a bit unsettled. So it can take a few days for them to calm down. So people mm-hmm. sometimes leave leave the light on um, in the room that can stop them escaping, but it'll just take them a few days to settle. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So but if they are leaving um, frequently, that means that they're unhappy. Right. So just check the moisture levels. Um, and they haven't put too much food in there because worms don't like to be, they don't like to get too hot. And when you put too much waste in there, that creates heat because it's the bacteria multiplying, which creates heat. So mm-hmm. don't overfeed, never run overfeed your worms. Less is more. Uh, okay. And this is actually one and of the tiny questions. pieces, chop up the, the pieces really small because that creates more surface area for the microorganisms to attach to as well. So putting mm-hmm. a whole banana in there isn't going to go very far. So chop them in, got very, in very tiny mouths so small pieces for the worms please um and what kind of things can you feed them is there product um, items that are like a no-go for a worm farm well they don't like to live in acidic environments so um you want to keep too much citrus out there don't want too much citrus so lemon lime um onions but i mean you don't nobody throws a whole onion away but the onion, <laughs> skin, onion skin is fine um, not oily foods keep oily foods out because they breathe through their skin um, that will suffocate them but you can and you can put cooked food in there um, bread um, but only small, small amounts but pretty much everything can go in your in your worm farm oh, acidic food <laughs> um, my mum has specifically asked me to ask this question because mm-hmm. I have convinced her that um, having a worm farm in her garden would be a, a real big solution to a lot of her kind of like food-based problems mm-hmm. um but she asked whether she can put the like sawdust from a rabbit cage in there 
So yeah, it's, it's it's moist. So you need to make sure that the worm farm stays moist and putting sawdust in there can dry the worm farm out. So mm -hmm. you don't want to put too much. You can put the animal waste in there because worms will eat anything that's been through something that's alive or was alive. Oh, okay. So all manures, um, even dog waste. So um, worms, whatever passes through our body, will, the worm's body will become clean. So oh, wow. it's a great way to deal with toxic toxic dog waste. We don't advise to put it on your edibles just in case there's some trace pathogens, but it's fine for your for your flowers and, and borders. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so again, going back to specifically my mum's situation, she hasn't got like a a garden with grass and borders, but she's got a lot mm -hmm. of pots. And mm -hmm. so I was sort of trying to convince her into it, saying you could you it can sort of recycle your food waste and then instead mm -hmm. of needing to get any additional fertilizers for your pots, you can use the worm worm. Um, manure and the is it worm tea or worm well, so there's bit? worms people get confused so there's worm wee well it's not actually worm wee um it's leachate it's the mysterious fluid that comes through comes through the worm farm mm -hmm. so and um, you dilute that one to ten but if, if your worm farm has gone bad if it's gone anaerobic it means without air it means that the also the um the liquid also can, can contain bad bacteria so you must be careful mm -hmm. with that but worm tea um, as you make, um, you can make your own worm tea by putting a, like either, um, a handful of worm manure in a watering can, let it brew, then the microorganisms will go into the water and then you can, you've got liquid plant feed as well. And it's free. It's free. <laughs> There's two, yeah, it's, and it's completely free. You only need a tablespoon per plant and oh. um, well, the plants will take what they need when they need it. That's amazing. Perfect. <laughs> all you need you don't need anything else we just need worm poo which is insane when you think about how many products and different things that the garden centers sell you that it's like this oh absolutely change your life. you know we need to keep our costs down we want to reduce our um outgoings mm -hmm. and everyone's got food waste even you know small amounts tea bags um and we can turn it into something of very high quality product high nutritional value and could you also put that on house plants? Yeah, of course, all plants, all plants. Oh, amazing. Everything, everything <laughs> grows. I, honestly, I can't, I can't wait to have my first little dilution of yeah. it. Um, I need to put a set a timer for four months time. I think I'm two, yes. maybe two weeks we'll see in. see how it is. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we'll show you video. I'll show you some um, how to do that with the videos online. So amazing. guidance. And when the worm farm arrives, it comes with such a detailed instruction booklet anyway. As I, I was sort of putting it together with my mum and her friend and they were going, oh, what, like, what can they eat? What can, what's the time frame on this? What do you do with it once the compost is done? And it does answer a lot of the questions on, the, on that booklet. So yeah, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. Yeah, I did, I did um, make a, a, a five booklet that was a bit too long. I spent a long time doing that but people don't like to read a lot so I've managed mm. to keep it quite concise it's good because it's got the illustrations as well so if you're doing it with mm -hmm. children it's really great for them because they can kind of see the process even if they can't necessarily yep. read the read the words that's it and got some worm facts on there as well can you remember the worm facts on there Shannon <laughs> any worm oh. <laughs> no, I've, spot, no. I read them all out and my mum videoed me reading them all out and then she said right now you've got to do that without reading it off the sheet and I'm like I just don't know if I can <laughs> recall that quickly so I can't remember what's on there um uh what is on there um Cleopatra there's a fact about Cleopatra on there so the Cleopatra was yes. the first um worm worshipper 
So she um, declared the earthworm sacred and anyone that killed or exported an earthworm, it was a crime punishable by death for a fear of offending the God of fertility. So wow. that's a good one. That is a good one. Now, so Nile Valley is a very fertile tract of land. So she knew. She knew. Definitely. And Darwin as well. So it's actually um, Dar- um, Darwin's um, book, The Formation of Vegetable Mould Through the Action of Earthworms. Really catchy. That was <laughs> um, that outsold the origin of species. And he wrote that year, well, year, it was published a year before he died because he hadn't really paid much attention to the worms before. Um, and all of his peers, everyone mocked him. Nobody believed that um, a worm could be so powerful. So when he said, um, worms are more powerful than the African elephant and are more important to the economy than the cow. So we need <laughs> to remember this. People seem to have forgotten um, that soil is life, it's everything. Definitely. And people generally are a bit freaked out by worms. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were digging our work garden and we were taking the layer of turf off the top so we could sort of do no dig beds without having to leave the grass to die off because we just didn't have any time and there was earthworms everywhere like they were crawling through the grass like we'd obviously disturb their habitat but everyone was going mad about it and I was like it's just a worm it's not going to do anything yeah (laughs) yeah they get bad press I don't people aren't yeah they're not as um, sexy as bees are they so no need to represent speak for them hashtag save the worms <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely they're very powerful they're very strong so they can move nine times their body weight wow and they can eat up to half their body weight a day and they reduce the volume by up to 90 percent so in terms of waste management um we can deal with a lot of our waste at home mm-hmm. you don't definitely need to be parting it off to some unknown landfill um dump so yeah we can do this it's our responsibility <laughs> Definitely. So in terms of the, the life cycle of a worm, how long do they live for? And do they, they, well, they that's reproduce quite quickly? So they reproduce um, quickly. So um, there's research that said two, two to ten years. That's the only information I can give you. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, we know more about the stars, I think, than people have spent investing in, in worms. But after worms are hermaphrodites. So hmm. it means they're male and female. So um, once they've mated, they both they both lay a cocoon. So they'll lay a cocoon after four days. And then after about 30 days, the worms will hatch, they'll have babies, and then it'll take another 60 days for them to be sexually mature. And then they can just start the whole process again. So we can produce a, a lot of worms um, very quickly, which means a lot of soil. Does that mean, so in, in terms of within the worm farm itself, what is there any a point where you'd need to kind of like upsize your worm farm because it was getting yep. a bit crowded? So um, worms, well, they can actually regulate their own population. So if you wanted to um, create more, you would set up another worm farm. So take some worms out of your, your, your wormery and then set up another little, uh, another little system. Ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. My whole shed will be full of worm farms by next year. Good. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> um, and the, you said that they're really easy to look after. Like literally anyone could do them, whether you've yes. got like a little balcony garden, garden yes. inside, in the garden, you in the shed. You don't need a garden. You don't need a lot of space. And I think the, um, people with, with hot composting, people um, are quite concerned about rats, especially living in an urban environment because a worm farm is an enclosed space that rodents aren't so much um of a threat Mm -hmm. 
So, so it's super easy to do on a small scale. Is it quite easy to on do a on a large scale? scale well? ten, on, on a large scale, um, it's a bit more, there's a lot more risk. Um, if people, I advise people to start small um, because worms are expensive. They're £27 a kilo. Wow. And I think maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, there was a big, um, it was like lots of get rich quick schemes. People were looking into worm farming, um, otherwise known as vermiculture. That's the... Um, Vermi is Latin for, for worms, so vermiculture, vermicomposting. And a lot of people invested in these big worm farming systems and because they didn't quite understand worm husbandry, as a result, lost, um, lost a lot of their worms and a lot of money. So start small, understand the behaviour of your worms and what they like, mm-hmm. and then your population will grow. So it can be done on a large scale, especially in, the, in America. So I'm a, I'm a Winston Churchill Fellow. So I was funded to go to America and Cuba in 2016 now. Um, I was interested in my report is on is online. Um, I visited prisons, um, large-scale worm farms, um, universities. Where else did I go? Yeah, two prisons, universities, schools, and, and large-scale worm farms as well. And they're doing it on a on a huge, huge scale. But there's one prison in Seattle, it's called Monroe Correctional Facility. And they're composting all of their waste on site. And then they're supplying the local county council with um, organic fertilizer. So it's a win-win. The council are saving money. The inmates are being given meaningful activity. And people aren't being sprayed in the community with synthetic fertilizer, which obviously affects um, worm population. So synthetic fertilizers are salts. So and worms don't like that. Microorganisms do not like that. Um, so it's a way to heal the whole system. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's great. It's happening in the, in the states. It's happening on a huge scale. I think there's eleven prisons in the US that are doing this. The last time I checked. Mm-hmm. So we're quite behind. Um, quite, that's an understatement. We're very behind in the mm-hmm. UK um, in terms of using this as a waste management tool. Mm-hmm. But now with a thousand worm farmers, we're going to slowly Absolutely. get there. Absolutely absolutely we're going to get there we're going to get there but yeah i think probably that all of the countries in the world are probably quite far behind so mm-hmm. um i've also went to um had some funding to go to the philippines um when was that two three years ago it's hard we've lost two years haven't we so time is difficult to forget well, where we are and in the philippines the um the government um train um farmers how to farm worms and then they buy the worm manure off them and then they give it them back for free because they understand how important it is to the soil. Wow. So, um, yeah, some really interesting things going on around the world. I think in India as well, there's, um, there was two, 200,000 farmers have taken their own life um, because of the system that, that they're trapped in. And as a response, there's over 200,000 worm farmers now. Um, that are creating livelihoods for themselves and converting to organic and using worm manure as fertilizer. So there is a huge movement, huge. So we just need to start this here now. It seems like a little bit of a no-brainer though, once you actually know about it. Absolutely. I only found out about it maybe a few months ago, probably when I first found you guys on Instagram. And it just, it kind of like everything makes so much sense and clicks in Mm -hmm. and you're like, I I don't know why 
I'd never thought about this before. Yeah, yeah, it's um, there's one even um, for cotton as well, for or anything organic. It's used to, to manage cotton waste, hair, worms elite hair, wool, uh, all organic waste. These are huge, huge opportunities for organic waste management that also provides a, a highly valuable waste product. Mm, yeah, definitely. So when you say cotton, if I had like a cotton T-shirt, I could put my cotton T-shirt yes. in there. Yes, so cut it up into little pieces mm-hmm. um, and they will eat it. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, it's natural. It was grown. Um, so if it's if it's a natural fibre, the mm-hmm. worms will eat it. Um, and I'd be interested, I think I know what you're going to say, but... Um, you know, you get like the little ant farms and the worm farms that you can buy off Amazon mm-hmm. that are all these worm farms. Are they the same thing? Are they not very... I feel like they can't be very good for the worms. Yeah, no. Are you talking about the, those see-through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're horrible. It's horrible. Breaks my heart. No, worm, mm. worms don't like light. That's what so, I thought. <laughs> so to put them in, it's a little torture chamber for worms. So I don't know who designed those or where they came from, but no, please don't do that. No, <laughs> it's not. No, no, no. I've so seen a lot of people have them and they, it's kind of like, oh, I bought it for my children. Like, it's great for them. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, not good. No. So, yeah, I see one. really expensive. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure. Well, worm, worm farms are quite expensive. Um, if you look online, it's somewhere over £100 for quite small systems. But you can just make your own. Mm. From a swing bin? That's From a swing I'm bin. I'm hoping to from get there eventually. Bag for life, bucket, an old bath, anything. Um, as long as it's a, a vessel, mm-hmm. worms will be happy in there. And I would say, just before we start recording this, about how... So I've got my worm farm... I had some other buckets and taps. So I've got one that's going to go to my nephew's nursery, one that's going to go to the work garden. And I just, I think it's really exciting. I remember putting it in the chat at work, being like, what does everyone think about becoming a worm farmer? And you could, I could see people reading the message and being like, I don't really know what to to reply to this. And then someone was like, I don't know what that involves, but like, let's give it a go. And ever since people keep being like, oh, so when are the, um, are the worms here yet? Can I see them? And they have, we, ha- we haven't quite, I keep forgetting to take it to work, but um, I'm take excited for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I think people will be really fascinated by it. The work garden where I work has been a really like empowering experience of, I was the only person who was really into gardening. And then I kind of got permission to set set it up and I kind of roped other people in who were in the office at the same time. And people are like, I'm not a gardener, I'll be rubbish, I don't know what I'm doing. And then they get started and they're like, oh, can you believe we grew radishes in like four weeks and leeks and all sorts of stuff. And it's kind Brilliant. of like... Good work, Shannon, good work. Thank you, it's my proudest achievement. <laughs> yes. Yeah, getting as many people involved as possible. Definitely, and then... It's for everyone, anyone can garden. Yeah. And the best thing is, is now that people are interested in it and they're interested in the work garden, I have more people to talk, talk about plants to. So I sit there and I'm like, oh, I've just seen some Win-win. seeds. And people are actually Win-win interested. As well, you'll have lots of new worm farmers. Definitely. I just think it's brilliant. I'm, I'm going to tell 
everyone I know they need they need but, in fact Christmas this year everyone's gonna get a plastic worm well, farm that's it everyone needs a worm farm for Christmas it's a good way to start the year the gift of life what could be a better gift than definitely to give, to give the I think it would be like trending present of 2022 oh absolutely absolutely this is the way forward so yeah, yeah people are catching on um, people have become more conscious now. Um, there's a big movement. I think that there's there's hope. There's hope. People understand the value of the soil. Definitely. And I think as well, when it actually, like, if you're buying fertilisers, it's so costly. It's so fussy. Like, you have to get the quantities exactly right. And I've, I've seen, seen so many documentaries recently about the kind of, like, crop producers elsewhere in the world who are really, really, really sick from the chemicals that they're ingesting on their daily, absolutely, daily basis. Yeah. So it's just this it's is, bonkers yeah. that it's still going on. Yeah. It's the um, it's the health of the farmers. You know, these people that are growing our food and we're putting their their lives that are at risk. Um, we know that glyphosate is carcinogenous. We know these chemicals are bad now. It's common knowledge. So we just need an alternative, and we've got one. It's Definitely. just getting farmers on board. And obviously farmers are subsidised um, mm-hmm. to keep spraying their fields. So it's a difficult, they are in a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation. Um, there was a pushback from the industry because it's a it's big business. You know, it's a mm. huge, huge industry. Um, so, yeah, it would put on- a lot of people out of business. Um, yeah. To, yes. But they could be worm farmers. <laughs> yes, and they could, but this is the thing, you know, you've got, dairy farmers and mixed farmers they can everyone of the farmers work together um they would be able to cut out the middleman and produce their own their own fertilizer and support each other mm-hmm. so this is the dream this would be ideal um, <laughs> this, but yeah it's the, the soil and the, le- the leaching um, of these chemicals into our waterways eutrophication um kills aquatic life so it's a vicious it's a vicious circle and it's like the farmers have become it's like a, a drug addict. You know, you need to add more and more every year. And it's very costly, very costly. And as a business, you want to be reducing your inputs. Mm. So this is um, the way to do it. Going back to the earthworms then, is there, you know, like there are ways that you can encourage bees into your garden. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you can do to encourage earthworms into kind of like... Yes, so um, adding organic organic matter. Um, and just keeping away from from synthetic fertilizers because they irritate their irritants. They they irritate the life in the soil. So a no no is synthetics um, and organic organic waste. And obviously no dig disturbing don't disturb the soil. Um, there's a there's a world going on under there. So when we're disturbing it, we're irritating the cycle. So leave it alone as much as you can. And, and again, any nasties on there. No dig is so much easier, less mm-hmm. intensive. Exactly, exactly. So it doesn't have to be hard work as well. I think there's this idea that you know gardening is hard work and farming is um, hard work, but it doesn't. It doesn't have to be. If we work with, if we work with the soil, if we work with nature, it just sorts itself out. Definitely. Um. So it, in terms of the soils as well. So part of my allotment is really, really, really heavy clay soil. Mm-hmm. They still sort of survive in that or is it 
Did they prefer yeah, so them? Yeah, or... so the, um, by encouraging worms into the soil as well will help break down, will help break down the clay. Mm-hmm. So adding organic matter, um, that will help. And also spraying, inoculating. If you um, inoculate your soil with a worm tea as well, that's a way to introduce microorganisms into your soil. Oh, okay. So make a little brew for the soil. Little cup of worm tea. Yes, yes. And spray that on the soil. Amazing. And so when you would spray that, would you try and keep it at ground level and avoid the leaves? Or is it fine to go on the leaves as well? It's fine because it acts as a, um, a foliar spray. Um, but yeah, it won't, it, it, it won't harm um, the leaves. But just classic. Yeah, if you just inoculate, inoculate that soil, get those microorganisms in, and they'll do the work for you. And it's actually it's, my, it's microorganism poo, which um, uh, that's also their nutrient. So their manure is is fertilizer as well. So mm-hmm. on a very on a on a tiny scale, um, that's happening. So worms are just part of that of that system. And how often would you recommend using um, a like that so at the beginning of the, the season oh, oh I've lost you. no um beginning of the season um and just spraying throughout throughout um throughout the growing season mm-hmm. so you can't over you can't overdo it oh that's such good news because that's what I always yeah. worry about with um I used to use like a liquid sea feed type thing mm-hmm. and I just could never work out whether the quantity was right or whether the frequency was right um so I don't, no, don't do that anymore they'll take they'll, they'll take what they need they'll take what they need well next year is going to be Easy. the year of the worm <laughs> absolutely absolutely so also if you can get um an air, uh, aerating pump as well to make your brew just making sure that it retains um oxygen so oh, if okay. you have um uh, you can put a handful of worm manure in your in a watering can but you can use an old sock um a pair of tights uh, stick that in the bucket and then put an aerating pump in there and then leave that to brew for 24 hours mm-hmm. then you've got a really good quality um amazing spray. i honestly am it's cheap cheap i'm so excited to do my first little like separation of the worms from the really i'm trying to work out when them on sh- share them with your neighbors you know they can um their population grow very rapidly so um there's enough for everyone Everyone will have worms. Imagine that on every street. That would be um, It would be wonderful. so cool. Wonderful. I'm actually considering whether maybe I will bring some inside. Yes. If they're not going to escape. I'll, yes. I can think, think about it. So if, then it's if easy. Happy, if the moisture level's fine, they, they, won't, they won't escape. Creating a nice environment for them. They'll be very happy in there. Mm-hmm. And it, is it better so to keep it? Cardboard, um, putting a damp piece of cardboard on the top. Um, you'll find them mating in there. They like to hang around there. I think they okay. like the glue and they like the grooves. They like to hang around in the grooves of corrugated cardboard. Um, avocado skins, they love them. Um, whole eggshells as well. They just like to hang around. Like It's like little um, living rooms for them in there, little places to hang out. <laughs> That's, a nice That's so cute. <laughs> so what else do they like? Um, or do they really like? Yeah, avoca- avocado skin is, is a good one. And banana. That's good. They I go banana. for a lot of avocados. Chop them up into into tiny pieces. Um, banana and the skin. Banana and the skin. Well, not the really waste bananas, but banana skin. They love that. Mm-hmm. 
got some bananas um, just in the in the kitchen that need you. Um, what else? Every, I mean, that there were oh, not too not too many tomatoes because they can become acidic. Acidic. Um, um, and obviously coffee, but not too much coffee, and because worms don't have teeth, so by adding some grit, um, if you grind down some eggshells or some sand, sprinkling a, a bit of that in every couple of weeks, it'll help them break the food waste down. Oh, okay. So all the worm tips. <laughs> yes, yes, it all helps. Any other tips for you? Um, well, I think that's, um, oh, if it's too damp, add, um, if it's too wet, add dry um, shredded paper. So you don't mm -hmm. want it to get too wet. Food waste is quite wet anyway. So you won't need to, you shouldn't need to add any extra moisture, moisture but, if, but if it is looking dry, give it a spritz. But oh, really easy, very low maintenance. I had. <laughs> um, so in my in my tubs, where I've drilled the holes for the aeration mm -hmm. and for the liquid seep out, will the worms escape through the holes? And if they the did fall through one of the holes, would they find their so way? So sometimes you might find some stray. Sometimes people, you know, we go astray, don't we? We don't know what's mm. good for us. Sometimes that happens to the worms too. So you might find a few at the bottom, but that's fine to keep checking and rescuing okay. the odd stray but because <laughs> they're surface dwelling they will move up oh okay so they'll move up. like so if the, the draw system that's um through, if you watch the all of the all the videos yeah it, they migrate upwards so they won't be going down they'll be going up so in the draw system will they kind of like spend a few months in each drawer and then move up yep so you'd fill one drawer up first and when mm -hmm. that's full so this is like it's a it's an easy way to harvest because you won't really have to be removing any of the worms because they'll do it. Yeah. So then you put your so when that one's full and it's been processed, you start on the next drawer and then the worms will move up through the holes and they'll start they'll they'll start processing the next one. And then you can just take out the bottom drawer, empty that with the castings, and just a continuous flow through system. That's amazing. So cool. So that's an easy an e easy one. You don't have to get as messy. So low maintenance, less. Fun. I do like the idea of making the little piles though. Yes, quite laborious. Wait a few minutes, tap it off, because yeah, the worm the worms don't like light, so they will just mm. move into the middle of the pile. And then you've got a squirm of worms at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think we're probably just about at the end of the Lovely. podcast now. But I wanted to ask if you had one piece of advice to give to anyone who was thinking about becoming a worm farmer what would your one bit of advice be one piece of advice um don't overfeed just don't overfeed your worms um and don't keep checking on them too much as well <laughs> I think that's the thing everyone's you know checking checking on them every every day leave them um leave them alone for a, a week or so don't 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 disturb them mm -hmm. and don't feed them too much don't overfeed okay. But they're, they're pretty resilient. Um, they're easy, easy maintenance pets. And it's simple, simple. And you'll be rewarded um, with the best fertilizer in town. So, and you can, you know, share, and then you can share that love with your friends and your family. But free fer fertilizer is free. We should never, we should never be needing to buy um, anything else. Nature provides everything that, that we need. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Anna. Thank absolutely you, love Shannon. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, it's been lovely to speak to you. And I'm here for any worm, worm questions in the future. 
Okay, so hopefully you're all absolutely obsessed with becoming a worm farmer and are thinking about what containers you might have lying around that would be suitable. Make sure you head over to at the underscore urban underscore worm on Instagram and sign up to give your worms a home. She's got so many amazing videos, tips and tricks to help get you started and then the worms get posted directly to you. I'll definitely be sharing my adventures with my new worm family on Instagram as well as avidly following along with any new videos so hopefully you will be too. If you've enjoyed listening today please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at diaryofladygardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me for this week. Happy worm farming!